Hello and welcome to another interview here at Marketing Management and Money. Today we have a special guest on. This is my good friend Brent Wilson. I've actually known Brent for several years. And uh, unlike many of the interviews where we do them remotely, Brent is actually sitting across from me. So uh, it's, uh, it's kind of a unique experience. But uh, not only do I really like Brent, he actually comes to the table with quite a bit of expertise in an area that not a lot of people have expertise. So Brent is the senior product manager for Crozier. And we're going to be talking about product management. Uh, you know, this is something that almost every company needs, but very few companies actually do. And the other thing, and we'll, we'll kind of get into this as we get into the interview, but the other thing is that a lot of companies think they're doing product management, but I mean, I've seen all sorts of variations, you know, everything under the sun of, you know, like different forms of product management that some of it's legit, a lot of it, is kind of wonky. And, and so we're, we're going to be talking about that. But, be, but before we get into it, Brent, why don't you uh, kind of give a little bit of your background? You know, how did you get into product management? And, and, and let's just take it from there. Well, my background is somewhat eclectic. Very, uh, from knowing <laughs> you. <laughs> um, I... About uh, 25 years ago, uh, a little bit more than that, I ran out of money, couldn't go to, couldn't finish my college degree. So I ended up at the local Air Force recruiter. <laughs> and next thing I know, they took my hair, took my clothes, put me in camouflage. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, the intention was, was to get a GI Bill and get back into college. Okay. Uh, okay. But uh, they kept giving me fun things to do. So, you know, I fixed airplanes for three years and then... I went and I learned Russian, and then they I ended up in arms control, counting how many tanks the Russians had, and they'd come and count our tanks. And then mm -hmm. I ended up uh, teaching and then uh, did a stint with the, the POW MIA office, um, going to Russia and Ukraine and knocking on the doors of people who went on top-secret missions to Vietnam and saying, hey, tell me about um, when you shot that plane down. <laughs> With my bad American accent, so, by so the way. I, I was going to say, is it just like the movies? Yeah, you know the Star Trek one where Chekhov is going around asking for the nuclear vessel? <laughs> sort of flip that on its head, and um, you have Brent knocking on the door and asking a, a, a Russian in his bad American accent about uh, their top secret mission in Vietnam. Perfect, so, perfect. So then, uh, then I ended up back in and um, did some other... And actually, this is where I got into project management is I got to, at a certain rank in the military, they start throwing projects at you. Okay. You know, you have your normal job, and then the commander says, hey, we need to do this. Uh, hey, Sergeant so-and-so, you're in charge of this, and so you do this. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up uh, running a pretty much all the projects for the, for the flight, uh, for the squadron, they, um, people had started projects and not finished them. So they, they brought me in and they said, okay, your job is to finish all these projects. And so there's like 12 projects that, you know, I needed to finish. Mm -hmm. So, so I did that. And when I retired, um, my brother is also good friends with Ryan. And so I, um, and I grew up in the, in, in the area we live in, which is why we're like talking face to face. And I, I said, Trenton, who do I talk to? If I want to help make a difference in in our in our local mm -hmm. 
in my hometown. And um, Ryan and Ethan, who is also on the show, were two of the people that Trenton told me to talk to. See, so, and, and I remember uh, from my perspective, so Trenton comes to me and he says, hey, you know, my, 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 my brother Brent is, is looking for something. Do you have any recommendations? You know, kind of doing a little bit of networking. And um, I have a ton of respect for Trenton. And I kind of just took it at face value. I'm just like, hey, you know what? I, there could be some nepotism here, but if Trenton says someone's good, I trust him, you yeah. know? And so I started I started recommending you, in fact, before I had even met you. I'm just like, okay, there's this guy you got to pick up, uh, which, you know, I, I bet on the right horse. And so I was, <laughs> I was glad. <laughs> yeah. It, well, and it was funny, you know, you, you told me, you know, hey, there's a, you know, a business conference here in town, mm -hmm. uh, come down and... And I was doing an internship with a regional bank here. And so there, it was a military internship where they helped military, separating military people get jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like transition back into the, uh, the real world yes. or the world that the rest of us play in. Exactly. And mm -hmm. so they paid me to come down here. And so I came down here, talked to the head of the branch of the, the vice president, the head of the bank here in mm -hmm. town. And then went to this um, this business conference, and that's when we met for the first time. Right. Yeah. And the company that we both ended up working in eventually mm -hmm. was there presenting on international business, which I have a degree in international business. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was Russian speaker, and um, you know, I, I was interested in international affairs, so I was. So um, I went to this this lecture, and they. He talked about international business. I was like, hey, this is a cool company. Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, Ryan's telling me, hey, um, you know, those that company that was talking, you know, they need somebody. <laughs> and so so that that's that's how I got there. And then um, then eventually Ryan joined us and um, we worked together for what, about two years? Yeah, two years before you decided to move on to bigger and better things. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just a um, great opportunity I couldn't pass up. Um, Crozier Fine Arts came to me and um, I had helped set up the product management at our company, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it was yeah. And so this is Dustless Technologies, yes. Where you kind of when you started at Dustless, weren't you sort of just wearing a bunch of different hats? You you were in the R and D department. Well, I was hired as a project uh, R and D project manager, right? You know, it's you know that's that's what they hired me for. But then um, when the Silica Rule came along, they realized, oh, hey. He knows how to read government regulations. And so I grabbed that one. I grabbed the compliance piece. And, mm -hmm. You know, I'm just one of those people. I'm just like Which, eternally curious. Yeah, so everyone just, was so grateful. They're like, really? There's a guy who wants to read about silica? Okay, <laughs> give it to I, him. I, I wouldn't say I wanted to, but um, I was the only one that uh, that was willing to. D so. Didn't mind to jump in, yeah. Yeah, so, and then um, one of our... It's actually one of Ryan's predecessors is the um, in sales was um, he was he came to the company and was pushing for product management mm -hmm. and um, you know the owner sort of you know he underst he didn't really understand exactly what it was and it, well, and it took him a while to sort of warm up to the idea. By yeah. the time I left, I was replaced by a product manager, so we had gotten. Um, his head sort of around the importance of managing product. And, and, and I don't think that it's unique to just, you know, the, the owner of Dustless. I think a lot of people get confused, you know, project management, product management. Mm -hmm. uh, take 
just a second, you know, what, what's the difference? Why should a business care? You know, our listeners, they're out there and they're just like, do I really need to worry about semantics here? Like mm-hmm. what's, what's going on? Well, um, often a um, project manager will, the, 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 the source of most product managers are project managers often from engineering mm-hmm. or from marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. It just sort of depends because a product manager sort of sits in between the two. A project manager, basically, um, if you go by the, um, the Project Management Institute definition of what a project manager is or a project is, a project is anything that has a beginning and an end and you get something done. Yeah. You know, mowing your lawn is a, is a project, <laughs> you know. You know, you go out there and you start, you know, on the outside or you start on the left side or right side and uh-huh. you systematically go through there and you mow your lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of project managers, you know, there's, um, pro- uh, process improvement, uh, types of projects, Yeah. but there's also when somebody has a great idea, uh, they, you start a project to develop that idea mm-hmm. and, um, dustless was similar to a lot of companies. Um, in fact, um, um, Crozier, Fine Arts had um, had sort of a similar thing, which is why they brought me on board, is you have a lot of great ideas. And, you know, and that's a good thing. You want to make sure that those ideas are coming out. If, if you shut down that source of ideas where everybody in the company, from the CEO on down, is coming up with ideas, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But you also end up with a lot of ideas. And too you, many ideas. Exactly. You, you can't only, process them. You only have so many resources. And, and we had this um, discussion when you came on board is, um, you know, we can launch, we, we can develop and engineer a bunch of projects, mm-hmm. a bunch of new products mm-hmm. and throw them over the wall at sales. <laughs> but can sales really effectively launch and get those products on a successful trajectory? Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, if, if we're doing it every month. And, and, and that's something that, okay, so I, I, I want to take a second and kind of talk about this from a couple perspectives because you hit on some really important concepts. And, and I want to emphasize how important these concepts are. Like when you talked about how it can cross over between, you know, it can be f- coming up from the R&D side, the engineering, you know, aspect, sales and marketing. Like there's a lot of crossover. So – when you and I first really started working together, I mean, we've had a relationship for what, about six, seven years now, something like oh, that. Yeah. It's, been, it's been a few years, right? Yeah. But when we really first started working together, we both had this common vision of how do we break down the silos? How do we get to this point of, you know, in, and, and, and this is the, you know, for us, it was, it was dustless technologies that, mm-hmm. that we were working in, but this can hold true for any company, right? How do you break down the silos? Because you've got, you know, the sales team that they're doing their thing. The marketing team's doing mm-hmm. their thing. The R and D team's doing their things. The engineer is over here doing his thing. Management is over here doing their thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and no one's really communicating. And this isn't a unique problem oh, for no, like no, no. every company has this, oh, yeah. this in, challenge. In, in, in the military, we had this um, <clears throat> term called the self-licking ice cream cone. <laughs> it's okay. Um, for those, for those who've been in R and D, somebody runs in and says, I have a great idea. 
you know, this would be really cool. Um, and it's our, it's engineers talking to engineers about some cool gadget. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't talked to anybody in sales. They haven't talked to any of, of the customers. They haven't talked to really anybody outside there. But it would be really cool because it's cool for an engineer. Mm-hmm. So they develop a product that an engineer thinks is cool. Then they throw it over the wall at sales and says, say, Hey, you know, it, it's, it's your problem. It's, now it's, it, it's a product looking for a customer. Yeah. And which is completely backwards. Oh, exactly. Um, what you want is you want to solve a problem. You want customers looking for your product. Mm-hmm. Now here's the interesting thing. Okay. Everyone thinks that that's a marketing function and to many you know, to, to much a degree, it is, mm-hmm. but not completely, not entirely. No. And that's partly where it starts to fall apart is mm-hmm. if it's strictly a marketing function, then you're never going to get the buy-in of the R&D team. They're going to be over there coming up with mm-hmm. great ideas that marketing's not going to want to do anything with and vice versa. Or know how to do anything with. Or know how to do anything with. And, and so, you know, when you talk about product management, now I get that there are companies that they have to have that position. It's critical yeah. to what they do, but... Any any organization yeah. that has more than two people in it, mm-hmm. you're dealing with product management. Oh yeah, <laughs> a, a product a product manager, in the classic sense, does not manage anybody, but manages everybody. Mm-hmm. I um, as the senior product manager at Crozier Fine Arts, I have no direct reports. Okay, okay. But, so this is but, interesting. But I am managing in many ways the sales team. Mm-hmm. I am managing the engineering team. I'm managing the CEO, the the head of the company. So so they set up a senior level position mm-hmm. without putting, they kind of just put it there and said, yeah. look, we want, you know, like this umbrella position. Mm-hmm. We want to keep everything yeah. working together. And, and I promised you a triangle because I know you like triangles. I love triangles. Okay. I'm ready for the triangle. Okay. So, um, yeah, product management sort of, um, I, I often, uh, equate that to sort of like the moonshot. Okay. You know, um, when Kennedy said, we're going to go to the moon Mm -hmm. before the decades out, he had a vision, Mm -hmm. a bold, audacious vision. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's going to need some engineers. He's going to need some people to build stuff. He's going to need people to go find the fuel, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But he's also going to need a Houston. Okay. Mission control that is going to sort of make sure everything is going in the right direction. Uh-huh. And that's sort of what the product manager does. They they sit sort of, you know, and there there was a you know big discussion at Dustless about, you know, who am I under? Am I under R and D or am I under sales? Right, right. But really it doesn't matter because you're you you work with both. Mm-hmm. What a product manager does is they bring together the multifunctional team. You are never going to get the right product unless you have different points of view. Mm-hmm. You know, you you need, um, and here's the triangle. Um, you've got you've got the vision, okay. And what a product manager does is, you know, you've got you've got the CEO that has this. The leader has this vision of mm-hmm. you know this is what the company is. This is where it's going. This is who we are. This is what we do. Okay. Um, on the other leg of the triangle, you have our our customers. They're the ones that are saying, you know, um, uh, Sam Walton at uh, from Walmart mm-hmm. said, 
Um, he said, there's only one boss, the customer, and he can fire in, anyone in the company from the chairman on down by, simply by spending his money somewhere else. That's okay. true. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that's, and you've got to balance that, that CEO and, and what the, what, what your customers need, uh-huh. you know, your customer's going to tell you all kinds of things that they want. Right. But, um, you know, okay, dustless, we, dustless does vacuums and dust control. Mm-hmm. You know, we might have a, um, a customer comes to us and says, Hey, um, can you guys make tortilla chips? <laughs> I really like tortilla chips on the job, you know, on my construction site. I like to eat tortilla chips. Can you guys make a dustless brand of tortilla chip? <laughs> now that doesn't really, you know, that, that sort of like comes outside of that triangle, right? You know, that, that, that right. doesn't fit. That's not what dustless is. <laughs> it completely left the vision behind. It's gone. Yeah. I, I could come to Crozier Fine Arts and say, hey, I know a lot about vacuums. Let's make a vacuum. <laughs> but what Crozier does is we, Crozier started off moving fine art, really expensive pieces of art from point A to point B. Yeah. We are now, we've, we were, uh, acquired by Iron Mountain, which um, does uh, document security, document storage. It's a huge company, the, the biggest company in the world in that in that area. Okay. We are part of their arts, their fine arts and entertainment arm. Mm-hmm. We also have um, one of the divisions that um, keeps, uh, the stores and restores and helps um, com- uh, movie studios and music studios. They keep all those masters. You know, you think of you, like your favorite rock star or something. Sure, I, yeah. Iron Mountain might have their digital masters. Okay. <laughs> and so when it comes out on a commercial, uh, Iron Mountain was um, that part of Iron Mountain helped that helped okay. that happen. Uh-huh. And Crozier, they, they brought Crozier in to do the fine arts. Okay, okay. So um, – so definitely a vacuum does not fit with what Crozier is. Right. But um, we have also moved into um, art management services, um, collection management. Um, we even have a really cool technology where um, we scan a painting. We have a, on our website, we have a Van Gogh mm-hmm. that was scanned by, with a laser and we can, and you can see, it in 3D. It's a 3D scan of a Van Gogh, which, you know, if you know anything about Van Gogh, it's, you know, he used really thick layers of paint. Mm -hmm. And the other cool thing is we can then take that and print that in 3D, which uh, our boss at Dustless would really think is cool. Right. Because he he likes 3D printing. But um, those all fit with what Crozier is. Mm -hmm. You know, we are um, taking care of art making sure it's there for future generations. Mm-hmm. And, but a vacuum does not fit in there at all. Yeah. So it leaves kind of that vision, you know, so, yeah. so of, of the, uh, of the triangle, you know, you've got the vision up top mm-hmm. coming from kind of the, the CEO mm-hmm. or the management or whoever, yeah. you got the customer down here that they're, they're kind of, you know, doing the, the demand, you know, yeah. they're the ones putting the, the request out there. Mm-hmm. So, so what's, the, what's the third leg of, on the triangle? I would say that'd be the product. Okay. And so that's where the product management yeah, comes in. Exactly. Um, and a product, uh, you know, and this is something that I was asked when I got to Crozier. Because Crozier, you know, we have products that are software. We have products that are durable products. We have 
products or services. Mm-hmm. A product is anything you offer your, cust- your, your customer or even a, um, whether an external or an internal customer. Mm-hmm. So we have our handling teams that um, go out in a truck and to some museum, pick up a piece of art, take it to a gallery or vice versa, getting that art from point A to point B. They have certain tools that they need to make sure that that, um, that priceless piece of art gets to where it needs to be in the best condition possible. Mm-hmm. So there, so that, that becomes the product or yeah. the product mix. Yeah. So, you know, just to define what a product is, a product is anything that you are offering to an internal or external customer mm-hmm. and something that they find value in because you, you can have products that um, nobody wants mm-hmm. just because, you know, you thought it was cool. So, okay, this is something that uh, we, we, we've talked about a little, just you and me personally. But I want to delve into it, and I want you to share your insight on this. So, uh, Crozier is—they're a big company. They—they're uh, a fairly sophisticated company. You know, they're—they're—they're uh, they're, they're using, uh, you know, coordinating a lot of people using different softwares, different techniques. Um, how would you? So, two two parts here. Okay. How would you consider, um, you know, product management with what is happening in Crozier? You know, like, like what are some of the, the best practices? What are, what are the lessons learned uh, things? And then the second, second part or, mm-hmm. or the question, and this is really the, the crux of what I'm getting at, is so our audience, small business owners, mm-hmm. you know, they're not as big as Crozier. No. Like, like, like Crozier is pretty big. They're, yeah. they're massive. But Dustless is a small company. So Dustless so is a small I've, company, I've you know, uh, but, I, but I want to take it from the Crozier perspective. I don't care if you bring in Dustless examples, but I want to take it from the Crozier experience because I want to look at some best practices that if, if I own a small company and let's say that I've only got six people working for me mm-hmm. in, in, instead of the dozens or hundreds or I don't know how many work at Crozier, right? But if, if I've got six people on my team, and I'm not going to hire a product manager because I'm just not that big. But what are some best practices? What are some things that I can do to set myself up for success for growth? Because what I've always noticed is people that are growing, they don't recognize product management until it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's when all of a sudden it's important. And yeah. I'm like, there are things that need to be done along the way yeah. to keep it from being a problem. Because when it's a problem, it's a big problem. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not like, oh, we should do something about this. It's like, uh, we, we're going to fall apart here. We just spent $100,000 developing a product and nobody wants it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this and, happens and a, small a business. lot. Oh, yeah, it does. And, and that, that can crush a business. Oh, yeah. So- what can you do for a small business? Like, how do you how do you fix that situation on the front end? Well, really, again, we, we talked about the triangle. Okay, it's getting that alignment. Okay, you know, you've got your vision. You know what your company is, what it does at, at any size. Yeah, it doesn't matter size. if you're a massive company or a small company yeah. or a startup. You've yeah. got your vision. You, you you could be an ice cream truck that drives mm-hmm. around town. You know what you are. Right. You know what your business is. Mm-hmm. And the other side is you need to know what what your clients want, what your mm-hmm. what your customer wants. You know, if you're an so, ice cream truck, you probably should know you know what kinds of ice cream people are asking for, what they like. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe even you know interact with your customers. You mm-hmm. know, say you know, hey, you know, 
um, you know, I noticed you didn't buy anything. Um, what would you like to see? Mm-hmm. You know, get, get that, get that into your business, you know, get that focus on, on your, on your, on your customers and that in line, keeping that in line with your vision, mm-hmm. you know, being true to what your company is, but at the same time, you know, being obsessive about your, what your customers need, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's about their needs. People will part with their money for something they need that, that does something for them. Um, you know, people say, you know, he's such a good salesman. He can sell refrigerators to Eskimos. Uh-huh. And, you know, the thing is, is wouldn't it be better to sell them space eaters? <laughs> you know, it's, you know, instead of trying to talk somebody into buying something they don't need, you might be able to do that once. Sure. But if you want your business to be sustainable, you want them to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want him to be that, oh, he's that guy that fast talked me into buying something, that, that thing that's sitting in my closet that I don't ever use. You want them to say, he took care of me. He solved a problem for me. I'm going to go back to him. I'm going to, I'm going to buy something mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to keep, I'm, I'm going to support his, their, uh, his or her business. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm going to do it. And really that keeping that alignment is, is the first thing. The second thing is prioritization. Oh, you know, it, you're busted out the P word. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and we had many long conversations about this and well, I'm going to have and, a follow up question. And, and it, to it, did, this. it did not change from dustless to Crozier. Crozier still has limited resources. Mm-hmm. They still have many great ideas that we could do. And so we have to figure out, you know, which ones are going to move the needle the most which ones do our clients really need? What, what are they asking for? And which ones can we get off the ground reasonably quickly or reasonably within budget? You mm-hmm. know, th- these are things that you need to look at. And there's a term, boil, boil the ocean. Yeah. You know, if, if you're trying to develop, you know, you're a small business, you know, you got 20 people that are working for you. And you're trying to put out, you know, 15 different products in the next month, in the next year. You're probably not going to get hardly any of them out because you're going to be jumping from one to the other, you know, just taking a nibble here and nibble there. Is, is there a set amount of projects that uh, a company should focus on, you know, uh, like – is there that magic number or is there a point at which, you know, they're biting off too much? How do you know? You got to know your company. You got to know what resources you have. You got to know, you know, you, you may have a product uh, product that you're trying to develop that is, you know, it's it's going to take a bunch of cash and a bunch of man hours mm-hmm. to get it to get it off the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, you may only need, want to have that one project, mm-hmm. but um, usually you want more than one because you'll end up with with roadblocks where you're waiting for somebody, you're waiting for a oh, part yeah. to come from oh, yeah. China, you know, you know, right now, you know, with the supply chain <laughs> issues, you got anything you overseas. Know, exactly. You know, you, you, you know, even in our R and D department at dustless, you know, we had to wait for the printer to print off something. Mm-hmm. So we've got our engineer, we got Kendall sitting there waiting for, you know, something to get printed off. It's good to have a number two priority or number three priority so that when he's, you know, at a standstill on this one, he's got something to work on. Yeah. So you want a few, um, 
I'm not going to give a number because it, it depends on the company. It depends on the projects. It depends on your resources. Mm-hmm. But if you are, if people are overstretched and you're not making any progress on any of your projects, it's probably because your focus is too wide, mm-hmm. you know, drop it down. And if something really cool comes along and this is something we, we dealt with at Dustless, if the CEO comes running in and says, you know, Hey, th- we need to do this really cool thing. Sure. Yeah. The reason we had the priority list, cause he had a lot of great ideas. Sure. Um, any, any one of them could, um, could do very well on the market. He knows the market. Uh, he comes running in, you know, we, we did the priority list so we could say, Hey, okay, yes, that's a good idea. Let's, let's sort of explore this. Make sure, let's sort of validate that idea, but here's your top five, which one is going to drop. Yeah. So, okay. I told you I had a question about prioritization and I'm going to throw it out there. And this is, this is for the benefit of our listeners. Cause you and I, we've talked about this oh, a lot. <laughs> hours and hours, days and days. Yes. So when you're talking about the, uh, you know, linking the triangle saying, okay, you know, you've got the vision, you've got, you know, kind of that, that owner, that figurehead, you've got the customer, the, they're really kind of driving everything. And then you've got the product that's connecting it, making mm-hmm. it all happen. And product management is making sure that all of these wheels are kind of rolling mm-hmm. in motion, that everyone's paddling in the same, you know, in the same direction yeah. at the same rate, Right. Share some of your experiences, uh, and I know you've had them both at Dustless and at Crozier. Mm-hmm. Um, share and even in the military. Oh yeah, you know. Oh, <laughs> in it's, fact, it, you it, could. And, and really, this all started, you know, in my MBA program and in the military. You know, I I, I learned to be customer focused when when I was running a shop, and I had frustrated customers. I learned how important that was. But 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 let's talk about military. I mean, you you get a commanding officer. Mm-hmm. You know, he outranks everybody. And somehow you've got to communicate best practice. And, and you know, he, he's the visionary. He's like, mm-hmm. this is what we're doing. Yeah. But, but you've got to communicate that. How, how did you personally navigate those waters? Uh, what, what were some experiences? You yeah. could go either end. You could go I'll, good experiences I'll, I'll, I'll or give, bad experiences. I'll give experience. you an example. Um, we, had, uh, we were moving an office from one building to another building. Okay. Um, there were a number of workstations that we needed to have. There were different computer systems because mm-hmm. in the military you have some they're classified, some they're not classified. Sure. And different flavors flavors of classified. <laughs> okay. So um, each of these desks had to have a number of boxes on them and monitors and everything else. And he wanted to put all these in one area so that this team could work together. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the smart people, the um, – the people who know about electricity and, you know, and networking and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And I said, the boss wants this. And I said, can you give me an assessment on that? And they said, no, that's not going to work. You can't do that. I'm like, okay. You know, and, and this is, this, this is something a lot of people with product management, with managing their business and voice of the customer product, product, uh, problem solving and everything else they don't do is they don't ask why. You know, there, there, there's a thing in Lean Six Sigma total quality management called the five whys. Okay. You know, it's root cause analysis. Uh-huh. Um, when somebody says no, you ask why. You know, so I, I said why. Um, I, I've got to go back to the commander and tell him no 
and just know it's not going to work is not going to float. I need to have a reason. <laughs> and so they took me, they opened up, um, it was one of those computer floors, elevated floors, opened uh-huh. up the, the, the panel and showed me that um, the, each of the outlets have a maximum of 15 amps. Uh-huh. And then they took me on the back of the computer and showed how many amps each of those boxes pull. And then, and then they explained, it's simple math. You have this many outlets, and, you know, you go back to the circuit box, and there's this many, this is how much power is coming to the building. Uh-huh. And, the, and this wire is running through here, and it can only carry so much power, and that's why we have this many outlets. So, you know, you add all this up, it adds up to more than the power, than the amps that you got coming in there. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to go back to my commander and, and give this explanation. And so we figured out how we could drop a few workstations. You know, this, this position didn't really need all three. Sure. They could go with two, you know? And so, 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 so you turned a no into a solution. Yes, exactly. And this, this is something that, um, is really important. You know, when, when you're trying to, you know, you've got a customer that comes to you and says, Hey, I need this. Mm -hmm. I've got this problem. And I need this, you know, or, or often they just say, Hey, I need this. If you just go and you build that, they may come back to you and say, Hey, that's not what I would ask for. Yeah. But if you start asking why, okay, why do you need this? Um, one of the examples with, um, that I, that I heard, um, was somebody was asking for a specific color of a, of crate okay. for moving, moving their art. And you know, like, why do you want your crate <laughs> painted that color? Yeah. And um, it turns out that, you know, because they had a courier going with, with this piece of art. Uh-huh. And they wanted to be able to see it, stand there in the terminal, and see that going on to the, you know, you, you know how you tie something on your, on your bags? On you your luggage. It, yeah, this is just the big coming. version of that. Yeah, exactly. And it was exactly the same thing. But if nobody had asked why, then you wouldn't have realized what the real problem was. And you really need to get to that root problem. Um, and a little bit off topic, but not really. One thing you need to realize is product management isn't mm-hmm. just about product development. Right. It is cradle to grave. Mm-hmm. From the time somebody has that idea to the time it, you've decided that there is no longer a market for this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Product management, um, a, big, a big part of what we do is involved with product development. Mm-hmm. But it's also... Um, and this is something that we were setting up at Dustless before I left, where we review every product every year. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, we pull the sales numbers. We talk to um, some of our customers. We talk to customer service. And we get all the numbers. How is product X doing? You know, mm-hmm. is it, where is it on its life cycle? Is it on the growth, growth part of the curve? Is it on the sort of mature? Or is it in decline? Mm-hmm. And then what can we do? You know, can we extend that? You know, if, it, if it's in the mature cycle, can we do something to bump that up? You know, improve, put a new widget on it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just a new marketing campaign. Maybe everyone's sure. forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you need to be doing that on a regular basis. Talk, you, you need to be talking to your customers on a regular basis. You know, why, why do you like this product? Why do you not like this product? Mm-hmm. What, what frustrates you? Um, one thing at Dustless that we um, that we initiated was a customer interaction log. Um, we were 
we, we had a, some, somebody called a problem came to my attention mm-hmm. and I went, you know, I was like, Oh, I, you know, I've never heard of that before. I went down to the person who has been dealing with uh, returns warranties for like years. Mm-hmm. And she says, Oh yeah, it happens every year when it gets cold. That, you know? that, that, that was the uh, breaking lids on the vacuum, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Plastic gets cold. Construction happens in the cold. And, and there were cracks. And there were cracks. So what I realized was we, we had a gold mine where people were talking to our customers every single day. We have people that sit for eight hours a day and talk to customers. Yeah. See, I, I remember that example specifically because it was a simple fix. Mm-hmm. It, it took like three minutes to 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 fix that that cracking issue, yeah. but the information was not getting to the right person, mm-hmm. a- and that's all it was. Is yeah. you know the people that were dealing with warranty and the returns, they were just like, oh yeah, we just deal with this. The people yeah. that could make the fix didn't weren't aware of yeah. it, you know, and the people yeah. that were causing the problem had no idea that they were causing the problem. Yeah. And just some simple communication, close that loop, yep. boom, done. And all too often, what happens is especially small businesses, they'll, they'll have somebody answering the phone, solving problems. They solve the problem. The customer goes away happy or not happy, and um, they hang up the phone, and it just sort of floats off into the and ether. it's gone. Gone. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I, 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 I've, got to, I've, I've got to cover this piece because I think this is super important, and we're kind of, we're kind of moving in this direction. And, and, and before we run out of time here, uh, I, I want to touch on organization because, you know, as we're talking about, you know, this customer interaction log, and that's just an example, right? Mm-hmm. There, there could be multiple examples of, of the same kind of concept. And, and an idea, um, a site where you can put new ideas in. So. Those how, kind of things. Yes. How do you keep things when you're talking about product management? How do you keep things from just going? Poof, they're gone, you know, because that. And I remember you and I. We spent hours sitting down and trying to capture data, trying to capture mm-hmm. ideas, trying to capture feedback, internal and external. And we would look at that and we would say, okay, what's the best way to not lose? All mm-hmm. of this information. There's just a lot of information, good decision-making yeah. information. Uh, so uh, would, would you kind of, you know, before we wrap up, would you talk about organization of ideas and information and, and you know, some, 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 some ideas that uh, small business owners can implement uh, to, you know, keep their stuff organized yeah. and, and not lose that, that yeah. data? Yeah, there, there are two problems with information. There's the information that you never collect and that just floats away. Yeah. Uh, there's the information that you collect that you never use. Yeah. <laughs> those, those, those are two ends of extremes of, of the same problem. Uh-huh. You know, uh, in, in today's world, you can collect all kinds of information. Uh, too all much kinds information. Of data. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, you know, in our um, enterprise management system, it, uh, it does this. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of information in there. Yeah. You know, did we, you know, how good are we at mining that and using that? Turning it into a story. You know, and, and part of that is what I was talking about, about having a, an organized, you know, when, how often do I review my products? Mm-hmm. You know, and th- this goes with almost anything, you know. Um, you need to have an organization and sort of hold your feet to the fire. Um, you need to have an organized you know, and this is something we we're working on when I left 
was an organized file system mm-hmm. where you can find it, mm-hmm. you know. And we weren't quite there, which is why, you know, occasionally you call me up and say, Brent, where's that document? <laughs> you know, fortunately, we're good enough friends, you know, that, you know, I, you know, and I, I, I've told you, you know, um, even though I'm not working for Dustless anymore, no, you I, know, if you need anything, call me. I appreciate it. But, but, but that, that's a problem, mm-hmm. you know, when, you know, there, you got all these files and everything else. It's only useful if it's accessible and usable. Mm-hmm. And so you know, getting the, the information, you know, with, with the customer interaction log, if I put together a, a questionnaire that every customer service agent had to answer and it took him 20 minutes to answer each one of them, I would probably never get that done. Right. We purposely crafted that so that it took about less than 30 seconds mm-hmm. to answer unless they they wanted to put a lot of information into mm-hmm. the free flow mm-hmm. comments. But they, they could... They could do that in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is having some kind of a tool, whether it's Excel, whether it's Power BI, whether it's uh, Tableau, you know, something, some kind of a system where you can pull that out and manipulate that, that information. Put it into a story. Because the CEO, the management have so many things going on. Mm-hmm. You can't throw a thousand line spreadsheet at him and say, Hey, there's some really good information in here. Look mm-hmm. at it. Well, and one of the things I remember that, uh, that you implemented, uh, before you left at dustless that, uh, that we still, that we still do today. Uh, and, and I forget what you call it, but it's basically the white paper. It's, it's a six pager. And I, I'm not going to take credit for that. This is uh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Yeah. You, you actually were studying up on what Amazon did or does. Yeah. And you were looking at it and you're like, wait a second, let's just put the information. It, it changed the whole, you know, every time that we were reviewing a new product, yeah. uh, you know, a potential new product, an existing product, yeah. you know, and, and, and we put that into that six pager model, you know, so we've got the one pager on the front end. And then yeah. if it's a deep dive, I think we keep it down to a three pager. Yeah. Yeah. You, know? you, you figure out what works for you. But yeah. And, and so, so we're, we're the combination of, you got the one pager and the three pager and, and it was amazing. The first time that, that you took that to a management meeting and we're all sitting there and I'm just like, wait a second. People are paying attention. Well, well, part of it too was the boss said he hates PowerPoint. Yeah, right. And and the thing is, is I had suggested he, um, there's, um, there's a book about Amazon that, you know, there's several of them. Sure. But I, I listened to the book and then I suggested to Spencer that, um, he buy the book and he listened to it Uh and we both latched onto that same thing. And, and really what it, what we noticed was, because the management team has so many things going on. Mm-hmm. The, the CFO, who is also the head of HR, you know, because it's a small company, and, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners have the same problem. Uh-huh. She has so many things that she's, so many irons she's trying to keep going in the fire, you know, so many balls she's trying to keep in the uh-huh. air that um, she doesn't all, always have the time to read the pre-read that I send out. Mm-hmm. So we realized... You know, and this is something that you need to do. You look at your company and you look at your people and you say, okay, what works for us? And it worked really well for Dustless because- it Worked really well, yeah. So we would come in there and, and this is the way Amazon does it. Mm-hmm. They, somebody has a proposal, they come in, they have this six pager and it's a set format. They come in, they set it down. They have 
like five minutes of silence where everyone just reads through the thing, mm-hmm. makes notes on it. Everyone has a, a hard copy. I know the tree tree lovers uh, aren't always all that happy about it, but you know, hopefully it's a sustainable tree farm or something. <laughs> but anyway, um, they make, make notes all over it and everything else. And then basically really what it is is then the product manager says, okay, th- this is the information. Do you have any questions? And then we – we spend our time discussing issues yeah. rather than me going slide by slide, it, reading off a slide and, you know, it, and everything It moved else. it from a presentation to a discussion. Exactly. And that was powerful. Well, Absolutely and, powerful. And again, it goes back to that multifunctional team. Mm-hmm. Because in that room, we had, we had the head of operations. We had the head of finance. We had the head of sales. We had the head of R&D. Mm-hmm. We had the CEO. Mm-hmm. We're all in the room. We, we all have our different points of view. Mm-hmm. And having a discussion rather than a presentation where Brent gets up and says, I have done all this research and I think this is the greatest thing since sliced bacon. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but because uh, bacon is awesome. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, it's, you know, we were able to have a discussion and we were able to get to the points and we didn't expect everything to be answered at the time, you know. I had my piece of paper and I'm writing down all the right, questions. Right. You know, um, I get a question from finance, you know, that I didn't know the answer to. I'd say, I don't know the answer to that, but um, I'll write it down and I'll get mm-hmm. back to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so it, it really um, solved a lot of that and it made sure that we got all that input in there rather than, again, the self looking ice cream cone where R and D goes up there and we do all of our research and we decide this is why it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And we come down and tell everyone else, this is why R and D thinks it's awesome. Meanwhile, sales is thinking, how can I, how am I going to sell this? But R and D has all these numbers. It says it's awesome. So it must be awesome. Right, right, right. Well, so uh, on, on that note, we, we do have to wrap up. We, uh, we, we, we've kind of run out of time here, but I just, I just want to thank you. Uh, I mean, not only did I thoroughly enjoy getting back into some discussion, it's been a minute since you and I have been able to sit down, but, you know, thinking back on, you know, some of the awesome things that you were able to do at Dustless, some of the awesome things I know you're doing at Crozier now, you know, kind of carrying those forward, uh, you know, it's just really powerful. So great information, great insight. Uh, Any final thoughts that you want to share before we uh, wrap this up? I'm going to read a quote by William McDonough. Okay. He was a, an architect, um, sort of environmentally conscious, but also an author. He said, the Stone Age did not end because humans ran out of stones. <laughs> it ended because it was time to rethink how we live. Now think about that. <laughs> think about that with your products. You know, uh, the most successful products out there are, you know, we're, we're, we're over here, you know, beating um, our corn with a, with a stone. Yeah, mortar and pestle style. Yeah, exactly. And somebody comes along and says, you know, how about if I put a stick in that, hook it up to a water wheel, and then you don't have to lift that stone up and beat it. You know, you can just sort of sit there and watch it go. Uh-huh. You know, that's, that's a better way of living. And that's what product management is about. That's what innovation is about. And most small businesses – are innovators, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really, um, in my MBA program, in our entrepreneur class, mm-hmm. they said one of the 
things that sinks the most businesses. And you talk a lot about the finance and all that kind of stuff. It's that kind of stuff. It's, it's the details. An entrepreneur has a great idea and they've had people telling them, Hey, that is an awesome idea. You ought to sell it. So they go and they sell it and they do really well with that first product. And as long as they got, you know, one thing that they can focus on, they're doing fine. But then all of a sudden all the, you know, the money stuff comes in and, and personnel and, you know, things like that. You need to, then they need to start thinking about better ways of doing things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't keep all the balls in the air at the same time. You, you need to be, you need to line things and you need to have people that can help, help you out doing that. Whether they're in your company, whether they're out of your company, whether it's your aunt Ruth, you know, aunt Ruth, you know, she, she may be the greatest tester you have. You know, you, you make a, a new widget, you take it to aunt Ruth and she, she tells you, you know, if it's good or it's bad, mm-hmm. but you know, you, you need to have that, that feedback and you need to get out of your silos. Yeah. Let, let, let's get back to that, you know, get out of your silos and, you know, and really get out there and, you know, your most vocal and dissatisfied customers are often your most valuable resource. Yeah, absolutely. You got to have a thick skin. You, If you want to go out there and you want to ask your customers how you're doing, you better have a thick skin. Be prepared. <laughs> but the thing is, is, you're never going to know what you're doing wrong or you're doing right unless you ask. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll just sort of leave it with that. You know, again, it's, it's that, that alignment, that triangle, you know, you've got your vision, be true to who you are, but be in tune with your customers. And that will lead to the right kind of product mix and product fit that you, that you need to to repeat on that first success that you have had mm-hmm. that got you into business. Yeah. So. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much. This has been just a great interview, tons of insight as always. Uh, I appreciate you coming out. This has been a, an episode of marketing management and money. Uh, you can check us out marketingmanagementmoney.com. Thank you so much. Awesome. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search marketing management and money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month and make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content such as interviews and short discussions. 